So my friends, today we read um, this admittedly long account of this encounter between our Lord and the Samaritan woman. And there's a different number of ways that we can look at it. The first is setting the scene, which is that Jesus is tired. He's exhausted from walking, um, probably from Jerusalem back to Galilee. And so they've been traveling. If it's about noon, they've probably been traveling since sunup, a good six hours. And so uh, he decides to go sit down by the well. The apostles are going to go buy food, which means they probably didn't, haven't had anything to eat. And um, he's tired. And then comes this woman from the town, again, at high noon to get water, who that's not the time you come to get water. So she is coming um, precisely because there's going to be no one there, which, as we know from the further context of the story, maybe with her five husbands and the guy she's living with now that's not her husband, she wants to avoid the local gossip. So she probably wants to stay away from the crowd. Maybe we want to stay away from crowds. Uh, you know, our Lord is just trying to get a good rest. And that is now what is the setting of the scene, which I think for our first point of reflection on this gospel is that even when it seems like it's an inconvenient time, nothing should be happening right now, and we're going to talk more about that at the conclusion of Mass, that it's always a time for conversion. There's always time for conversion. There's always time for encounter with our Lord. And as there's going to be different societal restrictions and religious whatever, you know, it's, look, we could say, yeah, this isn't the time uh, to have a conversation with God. We're just going to put that on hold. Never! No way! It's always, our Lord's always willing to meet us, and we, no matter what we're going about, even if we're trying to avoid other people, we always can find our Lord. And then I love the progression of the dialogue, that it just starts so simply. Our Lord doesn't just say, like, hey, lady, I know your heart. You got to convert. Like, let's just, no! What does he say? Can you give me something to drink? Right? I don't know. I, that's kind of like the modern got a light, right? Maybe that was the got a light from back then, right? Got a light? No. Can you give me something to drink? Um, that's it. It's so basic. And she kind of sasses him. I love. And sometimes maybe when our Lord like reaches out to us in small ways, maybe we get sassy with our Lord. Like, how can you ask me for it? We don't, we're not allowed to share utensils is what it says in Greek. Like, how can you ask me for a drink? You can't drink from my cup because you're Jewish and you don't like the Samaritans. Right? So she kind of gives him a little bit of sass, and he um, keeps on just encouraging her. He keeps the conversation going. And again, I think that's a beautiful thing about our Lord, is even when we can have a little attitude with our Lord sometimes in our prayer, our Lord doesn't say, fine, whatever, get your water and go home. Right? He keeps inviting her in. And when we maybe have attitude with our Lord, he keeps inviting us in. He doesn't just go away. I probably would have been like, fine, lady, whatever, right? But no, he's like, he keeps inviting her in. He keeps, it's the continual invitation, the call. Um, And so she, um, but then it keeps on going, like, right? And slowly he tells her about living water. And she wants this water. Okay, so now she's a little interested. But our Lord loves her too much, just leave it there. And so in a very direct but charitable way, he invites, like, okay, let's get to some of the root of why are you coming here at noon? What's going on? So he says, go call your husband and come back. And she's like, I don't have a husband. Like, let's, let's just, let's avoid that conversation. And so again, he's like, yep, you're right in saying you don't have a husband because you've had five. And the one you have now is not your husband. What you've said is true. Um, I don't know, in a gentle way, 
as I was praying with this scene all week, maybe our Lord's being a little sassy here, very charitable, but that same kind of tone that she was giving him early on, maybe he gives it back, and our Lord does that. When he wants to get to the heart of some of these things that separate us from him or separate us from others, you know, he can do it in a way like, Father Casey, I know, you know, you, you tried to go to Trader Joe's and it was a little, it was really crowded and you were not that happy and you weren't patient and whatever. And you got grumpy, Father Casey, I know that, right? And our Lord could say that to us with his love, in his loving way. He could give us a little bit of sass back sometimes, um, but in a way that wants not to embarrass us, but rather to call us to greater love of him, to open the door for conversion which is ultimately then what happens because the topic shifts to religious events. Don't want to talk about Let's bring up a contentious subject so we can get away from my personal life. So let's talk about where we should worship, right? But slowly, our Lord, now, now we're getting to it. And I think that what really happens here is if we want moral conversion, it starts with religious conversion. If I want to overcome the difficulties of sin in my life, It has to start with loving our Lord more, with worshiping the Lord in spirit and truth, as our Lord says, and that that gets to the heart of it. If we leave it just at the level of our church is just about moralizing, no, no, no. Rather, it's about worship of God, which then informs our morality, which then gives us the love of God in our hearts, which allows us to change those areas of our life, those empty wells where we're not finding happiness. And so that's what she says. And I believe in a moment of total honesty, maybe even vulnerability. I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. And when he comes, he'll tell us everything. And our Lord says, I am he. It's, it's, in Greek, it's just, I am, right? Ego me. I am. Like it's the, the divine name revealed to Moses, right? I am. And when we have a time of prayer with our Lord, when we encounter our Lord and through all the conversation and the gentle leading, ultimately it's like, this is I am. This is the God of the universe with whom I've been speaking. This is what leads to real conversion. Now this real conversion, this beautiful conversation happens, but there's kind of a little note here toward the end that makes it even more realistic. A lot of times we could have this beautiful time of prayer and we really, our Lord leads us in and calls us to a moral and religious conversion, and no one else gets it. Like, they're like, like, Jesus had this beautiful conversation with this woman, and reveals, I am, I am the He, the Messiah. And his apostle like, hey dude, you gotta eat lunch. Like, let's go, it's lunchtime, you gotta eat. Right? They just, they don't get it. And maybe sometimes our friends and our families, when we have a time of prayer and a good I was supposed to go on retreat next week. I doubt that's happening. Um, But, you know, you come back from retreat and had this awesome, incredible time. And then you get back here. It's like, hey, Father, the toilet's broken. Great. Okay. Like, but that's what happens. And we shouldn't. It doesn't. It's in the Gospels. It doesn't cheapen the relationship with the Lord. But rather, this is how it works. We may have a good relationship. We may have a great time of prayer, a real spiritual experience, a call to deeper conversion. And those around us may not. And that's okay. For right now, it's about us and our Lord, this Samaritan woman, the Lord. It's a beautiful conversation that we should really pray with. And we should look at how our Lord draws us in. 
Here's uh, just a final point, because we read this gospel in Lent, there's a lot of parallels that actually point to the fulfillment of this gospel. Because, and I've been trying to read it through in Greek this week, it was about the sixth hour, is what it is. It was about the sixth hour when this happened. It was about noon, setting the scene. And that exact phrase appears about, um, what is it, 14, 15 chapters later, when Jesus is led out to be crucified. And John, same author, tells us, it was about noon. And now from the cross, where Jesus at the well said, give me something to drink, our Lord says, I thirst. Again, he's thirsting for our love. He's thirsting here for this woman's love. It ties in beautifully uh, to his cross. And then hanging from the cross, as his side is pierced, flows out blood and water, the fountain of the church's sacraments, the living water, which wells up and gives eternal life. We read this passage in Lent because this conversation is fulfilled in our Lord on the cross. And so as we continue our Lenten journey, we ask our Lord to reach out to us, to converse with us, but ultimately to lead us to the fullness of his love for us upon the Holy Cross, where he won our redemption.